Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Division three wrestling fans from around the country. They made their way to Roanoke, Virginia last weekend, and it was a great way to end another fantastic season in Division three. Uh, this is the second time that the national championships were at Roanoke, Virginia, and uh, it worked out. It was a great venue. Um, I thought everything uh was great, just like it was in 2019. Uh, Roanoke did a great job, a lot of great places in downtown Roanoke. And um, Augsburg loves being in Roanoke because they had an outstanding performance. They showed out again in Augs uh, at, the 2020, at the 2019 National Championships and in the 2023 National Championships. Um, they are your team championship, uh, team champions. So the team race, I think coming into it, you know, obviously you have the Battle of the Bergs with Augsburg and Wartburg um, kind of fighting it out. But after that opening session, Augsburg really took control of the tournament. Um, Wartburg had a couple of guys go down, a couple of seated guys go down in that round of 16, and uh, which also played Augsburg's favor. And they just kind of kept it rolling all weekend. Um, they were kind of playing in front and really – no one was going to catch them. They put seven guys on the podium. They qualified eight. They put seven guys on the podium. And uh, surprising enough, their only national champ, though, was unseated uh, Sam Stuhl at 141. Um, and 141 was kind of a cool story. Two unseated wrestlers in the finals there. But we'll continue here with the team race. Uh, I think looking at the team trophies this year in that top four, very competitive. Uh, obviously, Osberg ran away with the title, but from second to even fifth place uh, was very, very tight. All those teams had above 60 points, which, um, which is a lot uh, compared to other years in, uh, in team trophy years. I mean, for Wisconsin lacrosse to have a national champ, and I believe they put four on the podium um, and have 61 team points and not get a team trophy is pretty wild. Uh, and you got, you got those, uh, those results in front of you, right, G? Uh, why don't you read from second to fifth what those team scores were? Yeah, so like you said, it was really tight. Um, so runner-up was Warper College at 66 and a half points. In third place was Bowling Wallace with 66 points. So a half point separated second and third. And then in fourth place, rounding out the top four was North Central College, 63 and a half points. So they were four points off of taking second. And then University of Wisconsin lacrosse was in fifth at 61 points. So they were only, yeah, they're only six points behind runner-up status. Yeah. Yeah, so so pretty crazy. I mean, outstanding season for for Malachek and also was constantly cross. Um, they don't get the hardware to kind of to kind of take home with them, but I think they can definitely be proud of the efforts they had. I mean, they, yeah, they getting put, a national getting getting a national champ helps. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, great match for him over a tough Augsburg opponent, Shilson, who he might go down as one of the best ever, never won one, I would say, Shilson. Yeah, I mean, he was always, I mean, since he uh, kind of came into uh, Augsburg, he's always been in that top three for sure, uh, 157. But uh, Hurdle. Is he back or is he, is he done now? Hurdle and then wrestled uh, four times this year, and Hurdle beat him three of the four. So pretty crazy. Wow. Just a just a matchup style there. Um, and is it, Shil it was is Shilson back another in or no? No, I think um, I think he might be done. Uh, I'm not sure. We're actually going to have uh, Coach Tony Valick uh, on here in a little bit to, to okay. do an interview, and I'm sure he'll kind of talk us through um, what their outlook is next year, but. Um, I know he used a couple of years at Tennessee Chattanooga where he, where he started his career at. So that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. 
I mean, there's a lot of guys that made these made the podium here, all Americans, um, that potentially could come back with that COVID year. You just never know. Um, with the red shirts, since there's no yeah, red shirt in, in Division Three, it's very uh, it's tough. Uh, very tough. The D three level, and then some guys, you know, for example, I know uh, Shane Ligel from Morris. I already saw him in the portal, so maybe he's testing the waters D one or D two. Maybe come back to Loris for another year. Um, he was a hammer eighty four, and that's just one example. You know, kids might use other options for the COVID year, get some more scholarship money, and move on. So it's just tough at the D three level. You're very, very limited what you could do. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so again, great, great season by by lacrosse. Um, and uh, and then yeah, talk about these other teams in in the the top four here. I mean, North Central, obviously sour taste from everything that unfolded from last year's championships. And I think uh, definitely gratifying, definitely yeah. gratifying for them to show. I mean, they're, you know, what happened happened, but their program, like we talked about on this show is one of the best in the country. And they proved that again this year, um, just because of how everything unfolded, it was unfortunate, but I'm sure, like I said, for the coaching staff, for the student athletes, it's like, Hey, we're, right. we're, we're here to stay. What happened happened, you know, not obviously not in their control. Um, and it did shed a bad light on them. But again, like that could happen to anybody. And, um, you know, they probably had uh, they had the least amount of All-Americans in this top four, but a lot of firepower. Obviously, having Robbie Preeson, returning national champ, uh, he continues to do what he does. was a big win for them in the race against uh, Johnson and Wales. That yeah, was that was win. huge. That was huge. Estrada lost to Brown earlier in the year, and for him to make the finals, have two guys in the finals. Uh, so they had a first, a second, and then and then Guzman, true freshman, taking third at 25. Um, they went one, two, three. And then I'm pretty sure all their other qualifiers, they had six qualifiers. I think they all at least won a match. I think Villar lost in the blood round. Um, so, so yeah, they had, it just goes to show though, how important, you know, placing that top three getting national champs is. Um, Ball and Wallace. They, they, had, they, had, they had, yeah, they had three guys finish top three. So that's huge. Yep. And then you have uh, Ball and Wallace. They won the, um, they swept the coaches awards, uh, which obviously they had a great, uh, a great tournament uh, coming into it. You know, Coach Gibbs and company, they have been in the mix for a while now, but that that team trophy kind of eluded them uh, for whatever reason. But they they found a way to get it done this year. They take third, or they take they take second, um, right? Or is it? No, no. no Bowling Wallace was third by half point. That, by a half point to Warburg. Yeah, I, they were pretty much. Uh, runner-ups all tournament until the very end when I, I believe the Warburg national champ got the W at 97 to to get them to the runner-up finish yeah that's true but well, anyway they had, they, had, they had Mulder and so Mulder won it and the 97 because Bowling Wallace also had two in the finals Decatur lost and then Petrella won so tight 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 for the runner-up finish Yep. Yeah. They, they went a perfect two for two, the Knights and definitely, uh, definitely a solid end to a weekend where um, I'm sure if you talk to any of their athletes and the coaching staff, not how they wanted to, to perform or uh, compete the national championships. They thought they'd probably be more in the thick of it with Augsburg for that first place finish. But Hey, I mean, to, to walk away with a national runner up finish is is pretty impressive, but, but yeah, but Bowling Wallace uh, just awesome job by them. And, um, you know, Petrella uh, moves one, one step up uh, from last year after being a national runner-up. He, he wins it at 149, huge points there. And, um, and yeah, Bowen Walsh, they had four guys on the podium. And uh, they had two in the finals. They're 97. And uh, who's the other guy? That 97 that was oh, hit, and, they're, and they're 33. They're, they're, they actually were close to going back-to-back-to-back um, in the finals that – that Jaden Hinton lost a tough match to uh, Robaugh from York, um, and he ended up taking fourth. Um, oh, so they had a right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He got Jonesied, right? Yeah, big six point move in the semifinal there to kind of get it going. But, but yeah, so it was a tight team race for second place, and the Augies um, win their fourteenth uh, national title in program hinch in program history. So pretty cool stuff there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like funny you say that. Like with Warburg, like. 
they finished runner up and it was like a down tournament for them, you know, yeah. to, to them in that program, just to keep building the way they have year in and year out. Um, yeah. but then like before, like rounding up, even in, rounding up the top 10, yeah, Johnson and Wales at 52 points. Then you guys, Stevens at 49 and a half. Dubuque, great tournament for Dubuque. Probably one of Dubuque's best tournaments in a long time. 41 and a half at eighth. Coast Guard at ninth, 40 and a half. Wabash, 35 and a half. So all these teams, like, they, one or two wins away from getting a team trophy, really. Um, even you, Claire, at a, like, if you go all the, you can go all the way down to Springfield College, which was 14th. They were at 30 points. And then it went 31 and a half, 32, 33. It was just really a lot of parody this year, a really good tournament. And uh, also want to give a shout out to the North Central College ladies for winning a national title. Team trophy on the men's side, national championship on the girls' side. Awesome stuff there. Yeah. And speaking about Springfield, that was definitely another there. So they only had two qualifiers, but their 157-pounder was definitely the, the talk of the town. And we actually talked about him on this podcast, that Jake DeGear. Going into the tournament, he had 20, 24 pins on the season. So he was a big, big-move guy, big pinner. And uh, he did not let the bright lights, uh, you know, affect him at all. He wrestled the way he was, high flyer. This guy went unseated to third in the country. And he had six pins he on the everyone, right? Six pins. His only loss was to Tyler Shilson of Augsburg, but he pinned everybody. And um, I think what he did is might never might never happen again. Obviously, no, no one, I mean, there's no way. No one's ever going to break that record. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, he had 30 pins this year on the season. I don't, I don't know what the pin the pin record is in D3. No, I'm not saying for the season, but for the tournament, six pins. That has, yeah, that would be a record. And if and I'm almost positive too, he scored more team points than a lot of national champs. Um, like going into it, uh, and you can look at back on track wrestling. I mean, he scored 25 team points for Springfield. That's, that's insane. And I'll tell you what, it's like what three or four. Hitting? It's three or four moves, and he literally just hits it nonstop the entire match. He has, what? What is it? What is he has it? a headlock? He has, well, he has a headlock. He has a neck, a neck wrench, and he has a Merkel. So really, it's those three moves. He was pinning kids in a Merkel at Nationals? Yep. Yeah. What? <laughs> Dude, what it was, it was, it. It was insane, man. I mean, uh, Hollingsworth, so Hollingsworth lost in the semifinals to Shilson, drops down the Concy semis, wrestles DeGear. DeGear, uh, I think he neck wrenches him in the first 12 seconds, pins him. Oh my God. And it's crazy because he's not like tall or lanky either. So it's like he's short and stocky. So like he has great hips. He, just, he, he just has to have amazing hips. His hips have to be outstanding. Well, his he gets his hips over and he throws double grapes in and the match is over. Like you can't I get off your back. What grade's he in? Uh that's a good question. I'm not I'm not sure. He might be either a sophomore or a junior. That is awesome. Well, he better start. He better start figuring out some other wrestling moves because everyone's going to have film on him now from Nationals. But, but uh, that's the thing. Everyone had film on him going into Nationals. Everyone yeah, saw him wrestling true. all weekend, and he was still hitting it. So it's like – That is so awesome. Good for that kid. That's that's. Sweet. I mean, obviously, yeah, there's people are going to be trying to make adjustments, but it's like he doesn't care. Nah, do your thing, man. Headlock, Merkel, neck wrench. And speaking of neck wrench, that kind of like neck wrench or like elevator that – uh strata hit was it a strata on hayden brown that was nasty yeah it was that was like weird because it wasn't really like an elevator like i know right. if you watch the film though it's like weird it looked like he was trying to hit an elevator and then it went to a neck wrench and he just pinned him yeah and they have that clip on flow of, yeah. of him doing it and i watched it a few times he like caught his arm and like it ended up being like a kind of like a neck wrench type of situation that's um, great so I'm, I'm I'm guessing that Springfield kid won the Gorgian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he swept the, the <laughs> he swept the fall of Warriors pretty easily. Um, so yeah, pretty impressive stuff there. Obviously, another big storyline from this weekend. Uh, you had the brothers, the Lacton brothers. Um, they were the one and two seeds coming in, and what do you know? We we got got the match. 
that everyone that was anticipating. And um, they did a great highlight video before the match. I'm pretty sure the mom um, was like sitting in the middle of like the two, the two like floor seatings. You know how like they can give tickets to the families to go sit on the floor. She yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. she like sat in the middle uh, to be like unbiased, which was also pretty cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. just just yeah. just just amazing uh, story, uh, amazing stuff for that family. And um, and yeah, it ended up being older brother coming out on top. Uh, I felt like the way the match was unfolding, I felt like he was the aggressor. Um, and went to overtime, and who knows? I I I still think if it went to tiebreakers, I think uh, the younger brother Matt with his legs would have found a way to win a yeah, tiebreaker. Uh, he had the advantage. Well, if you remember, if you remember watching the match, he was very close to getting riding time. He had a couple good mat returns, and it looked like oh he's going to get riding time, and then uh, Nate had a really good hip heist away, um, and then. Yeah, this came down to a scramble in OT. Really good match. I couldn't even imagine, you know, that that's crazy emotions. You know, I thought they, they both did a really good job still putting on a show and yeah, controlling their emotions. And I'm um, sure did they get a standing O. I'm sure they did. Yeah, they got a standing ovation. It was uh it was pretty awesome. Um and uh the young and the, Matt, the, 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 the other thing too, it, the, the, for the Alvernia, it's not gonna end his career. He's gonna be back. He'll he'll be he'll be ranked first in the country to start next year. Yeah, and the other thing is, um, the other thing is too. Nate, uh, technically with the COVID year, he has another year of eligibility as well. So we'll see if he's going to use that year of eligibility. I mean, he's a back-to-back national champ. He might be. He might be done. Who knows? Could use it in a, a post-grad yeah. year. Yeah, but, and, um, and for him, awesome career. I mean, because even uh, I remember watching the interview and stuff. They said uh, Matt was saying that he was really good in youth, but like. You know, I don't know what happened in high school, maybe injuries or something. Didn't that maybe have the high school career he wanted at Becca? Um, but obviously the kid can scrap and just work really hard and, you know, found the right school for him and had a great career and, you know, a great champion and a great ambassador for D3 wrestling, I think. You know, did a good job at Midlands. Um, seems like a very humble, respected man and great career for him. Yeah, it was definitely a cool story to witness. And again, congrats to both of them and excited to see where they go next. Wrapping up this portion of the show, we will be looking at the All-American and regional performance. Always a unique uh, perspective of how each of the six regionals do at the national championships um, and D3Wrestle.com does a great job. They, They get out a lot of analytics, uh, breakdown per weight, overall breakdown um and just some cool division three analytics stuff after every championship and uh if you go into the event page itself on track wrestling there is also some analytic stuff that you can also kind of play around with and look at too so highly recommend you guys do that but we will finish up this portion um by looking at the regional performances uh before we get into the next part of the show where we have on national championship head coach tony valick um but yeah g so why don't you go ahead you have the regional performance stuff uh how, how the uh breakdown of all americans uh this year so typical upper midwest lower midwest had the best showings uh upper midwest this year technically was the team champ 266 and a half points to lower midwest 265 upper ms had 18 all americans lower midwest had 17 all americans each uh region had six finalists and three champs so very solid showing. Um, and then, you know, always it's interesting to see what the third team, uh, third region would be. So last year, Southeast had a really good showing. Uh, this year, the Northeast had a really good showing. 15 All-Americans, uh, three finalists, two champs. And then the fourth region was Southeast with 11 All-Americans, two finalists, no champs. Central Regional was right behind that with 10 All-Americans, three finalists, two champs. And then the Mideast was the lowest this year with only nine AAs, zero finals, zero champs, which was surprising a little bit. I thought the the Mideast had some firepower um, that could have done well at the national tournament. You know, Ithaca is always a very good uh, program, TC&J, RIT. Um, Corbin. Yeah, but, but I think going into it, I think seated wise, I don't think they had anyone seated like a one or two. Like last was year, there, was, there no, was there no Mid East with one or two seats? 
I, I want to say like the high seed potential for them was like the four seed. Um, it's a good kid, 97. Yeah. I think that might have been the high seed. I'll have to go back and look at the brackets. Uh, let's see if I can pull those. Yeah, interesting. You know, obviously, oh. two central regional, um, only with 10 A's, three finals, two champs. I thought they could, I, even the Southeast, I thought the South, I watched the Southeast pretty closely, you know, following you guys and uh, Waynesburg. Um, and I thought that was a very competitive tournament, you know. But sometimes it's just the way uh, way it goes. And, yeah, uh, you know, upper Midwest with Augsburg and lower Midwest with Warburg are definitely the two uh, two big hammers there. But in the lower Midwest, North Central, we talked about earlier, they had a really good tournament. Um, and yeah, then- I mean, when you look at and again, um, when you look at the upper Midwest and lower Midwest, you kind of have to like look at also is like they have two of the perennial powers yeah of D3. Midwest, has so, augsburg and then lower midwest has warburg so out of those all americans in the upper midwest seven came from one school seven came from one school and then how many did warburg end up getting they get five they end up getting five yeah and they had so two guys lose in the blood there round. was 35 all americans between those two regions and 12 came from the two uh yeah printed, and again uh, i'm not taking it? anything away from those regionals like oh no they're, yeah, they're, yeah there's no, there's it's, tough it's teams a, yeah it's definitely in play like i said north central they had four right north central actually had three three they just had a lot of points from those three yes exactly and then well they, they had six overall qualifiers but they didn't have they won three for six yeah correct okay. Yeah, and then with the Upper Midwest, too, I mean, we talked about it all year. The WEAC is no joke. I mean, lacrosse, Wisconsin-Whitewater had a champ. Uh, Euclair had a finalist. Uh, Plato had a few of them. Like, the WEAC is just a really good tournament. So you add Augsburg with all those WEAC teams, I mean, it makes sense why they had the most, I, I would say. Yeah, so, yeah, like like you said, I mean, um, and – it's very obvious why a lot of teams want to have that crossover wrestle teams out West. Cause a lot of, a lot of the powers are out, out West. Um, yeah. you know, that's why national duel is such a big event in division three, why we make it such an emphasis to get out there and compete against those teams. Because by the end of the year in March, you know, you're going to have to beat one of those guys to get what you want. Um, yeah. If you don't go to national duels Ant or Wheaton, like, and there's some other ones in there. Like I think you, well, the one you guys have been to is Concordia. Yeah, another good one. But if you don't get to like I don't know one of those premier dates, like you're not going to see those any of those guys until nationals. And some some guys some schools are limited budget wise. I get I understand that, but it's just it's difficult. You know, kind of a little shell shock when you get to the big show. Um, yeah, and again, when you look at these numbers, it always comes up every year the allocation piece um how can yeah. you do in Div- division three um i'm very interested to see how you can do that in division three i definitely think um you know also someone uh someone tweeted about that recently and uh i mean every year when you pull this up you you would have to think and again yeah. we're not we're not getting more qualifiers so it's how can we get the best 18 there and uh yeah until, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. until that bylaw gets looked at uh you're not gonna get more qualifiers for a while yeah we even so. had that problem at the d2 level that was a big topic of discussion uh yeah uh, because how, to well, get, how are we gonna get how are we gonna get more qualifiers and the other one too i don't know if it was brought up the d3 at all and uh, interesting to see what your take was seating the whole bracket do you think that's a good idea I mean, I I don't uh, disagree with that take. I mean, there your order the the preseed committee is already seeding the top ten. So what's it going to take to do another eight guys? Because I mean, I think that part of the chaos in Division Two and Division Three, and like, oh my God, there's so many upsets. Well, you have guys that are ranked top ten all year going in unseated, like like that Sam Stool, like he was ranked top ten all year, did not have the regional performance. Right. Uh, or had some losses. Yeah, if you, and so, if you think about it too, he would have been seated top ten or twelve or whatever. He wouldn't have been. Yeah, like, he probably would have been like he probably been like the nine or the ten seed. But it's like, I I don't disagree with that. Like I would actually like to look into that. Um, 
Yeah, and again, it like it seemed like I don't know about the D three level, like I said, but the D two level, like that was a pretty good discussion. Like I think next year you might be see that at Division two. Now I assume if Division two does it, Division three will do it as well. But it was a pretty good conversation. They're supposed to be sending out a survey to all the coaches about like all the topics discussed at that meeting. And yeah. uh, that was—I I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because you look at it too. I think uh, there was 19 unseated All-Americans um, this How year, many? but it's like uh, 19 this year, which is pretty—it's pretty typical. I would say actually probably on the lower side than years past, but usually, um, I mean, I mean, yeah. So out of the 80 All-Americans. I mean, nineteen of them were were unseated. Uh, yeah. So and I feel like yeah, like, I feel like you like you said too. That's like a little bit on the downside. I mean, for us as the NWCA rankings committee, we 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 rank top fifteen every every week. So I mean, what's what's it's the difference? Yeah, it's it's possible. definitely possible. Again, it's asking a lot on the preseed committee, but uh, definitely something to look into to look into there. Um, but I mean, uh, as we kind of like wrap up the the show here i mean definitely some programs you want to highlight i mean muhlenberg um posted two all-americans on the podium i think uh, i think when they're 25 pounder one it was the first all-american since 2009 um and then for them to have two all-americans just outstanding stuff and they've been on the climb for a while now so it's nice to see them uh all their hard work uh getting getting a national recognition. What was there? I think I saw their post like it was the first time they had two two AAs at the same tournament since like oh five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Uh I mean it was definitely uh it's definitely been a long time coming for the mules. So it's great to see um them get two guys on the podium there. University of Southern Maine, they also go uh two all Americans, uh they're 25 and their heavyweight uh bookends. Uh their 25 will be back. Uh, he was only a true freshman this year. He took fourth. Um, so that, that was awesome to see Southern Maine get two on. Um, Aurora was very close to having their first. Um, he lost in the blood round. That was a crazy match. It was Tarakina versus Cameron Johnson from Aurora. Um, also highlights the NCAA award. So we already talked about the, the, the gear from Springfield. He also won the falls. And then you had uh, the national champ at heavyweight, Jack Helt. He won the um, most dominant and uh, rightly so impressive stuff coming in uh, for being returning national finals at 197. And then he runs the gauntlet undefeated at heavyweight. Pretty impressive stuff there. He looked great in the finals. He looked great all season. Um, really. And Reeves was a very game Reeves. You know, I think he's very good. Yeah, he'll definitely be competing for uh, on the Greco Greco circuit. I'm pretty sure after this. Um, hey, I saw one tweet. I don't know if this is even accurate. Um, maybe if co people listen to this, I said like he had like eighty five career wins and like seventy of his ones were by pin. I mean, I wouldn't be did surprised. You see that or did you see I, that on Twitter? I, I, I did see that. Yeah, someone from like Iowa Wrestle or something like that posted it. Um, but yeah, let me see if I can find the exact. Yeah, find those exact going. numbers. Yeah, that that was pretty impressive. Heavyweight was probably one of the deepest in division three this year i was actually okay, really looking forward to is. the finals he uh he had 89 career wins and 70 of, the, of them were by fall so he won by pinning his opponents almost 80 percent of the time in college that's yeah, that's, that's insane that's <laughs> so i think yeah i think he'll do okay in greco <laughs> yeah um there was actually a lot of pins uh the dubuque uh heavyweight we kind of mentioned them earlier he he was a pinning machine as well he kind of came onto the scene late and uh, just kept that momentum rolling from that regional performance. Um, University of Dubuque, three All-Americans. The Coons brothers yeah, get definitely, on. Definitely shout out to Dubuque. I, like I said, I, I, I'm going I'm to pull up their thing right now to see when this has to be their highest finish in a long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, no, no about, about it. They but. had those Coons brothers transferring from Ohio State. They were nice firepower. I, they're done. Are they done now, though? They just transferred them for one semester? Yeah, they, they used their last year eligibility because they actually competed – uh for ohio state in the fall semester and then mid-year transferred um but i think the connection there was dennis hall is uh, coaching at university of buke and the greco roman piece both coons brothers are on the ladder uh for greco so they're probably going to continue to train with coach dent call greco wise um after their folk style careers oh uh, okay i see what you're saying oh shit man dubuque had a lot of falls too that added to it they had six falls on the weekend 
Yeah, and so, I think three of them came from their heavyweight on the consolation bracket. That Daryl uh yeah, failed. Yeah, he won by fall over Coast Guard, won by four over King, all that. He won by and now he then he lost in third and fourth. Yeah, he lost uh, to Kim. Um yeah. and then wow. uh impressive. It doesn't say in the release if this was their highest. I, I would have to say it's probably their highest finish. I don't know about ever. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know ever, but like in the like the last decade for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, since we've been around D3 wrestling, I can't remember them finishing that high. So great, great tournament for them. Yep. And um, I'm trying to think. Was I missing? Did we miss it? Oh, uh, your college, 125, Jared Coons. He won the tech fall. He won the tech yeah. fall. Dang, 25 was so tough in that region. He didn't even make it out. He's a yeah, stud. But great career for him. Yeah, um, he was a beast. I like watching him wrestle. He was a scrap, yeah, a little scrapper. For sure. Yeah, those York lightweights or just the York in general, man. I mean, they yeah, yeah they wrestle. Dwayne does a great job. I mean, they they wrestle. Yeah, Dwayne hard. does a great job. They wrestle. They do wrestle really hard. And then um, the OW for the tournament, no surprise, Jared Chinhouster. I mean, uh, I mean, he was a stall. He got he got hit with stalling the last like ten seconds. But let's be real, he majored Shane Leibel. Like that is insane. Like he bonus yeah. pointed. Bonus point to everybody. The kid was on a tear, second at Midlands. So congrats to him for winning OW. And then for the NWCA, like coach of the year, like regular season, Johnson Wells, Lonnie Morris um, won that award. That was prior to- And then we talked about Paul and Wallace won it for the tournament. Correct. Yep. Yep. So, um, so yeah, man. And uh, yeah, Johnson Wells ain't going anywhere. Uh, they, they will most definitely bring in a lot of talent. Like usual, I'm pretty sure Hayden Brown can come back. I'm pretty sure Fry obviously has plenty of eligibility left. So um, a lot of fire. Yeah, powers. shout out to uh, um, how not uh, we talked about how Northern a lot this year. They had a good. They finished 13th overall. I feel like that's one of their highest finishes in a little bit at nationals. Had a really yeah. good showing. Probably since um, Kyle Kuwait was winning national titles uh, for them. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, to get three on the podium. That was that was great for them. They Wisconsin Claire, I think Wisconsin Claire, which Tricker, first finalist in 17 years, I believe I read. Yep, and they um, had so a lot of great stories. Coast Guard, you know, being one of the more consistent programs in D3, just yeah. some good stuff. Like it's just good to see the parody. I think it's not really top heavy. You know, yeah. obviously you have to battle the Bergs, but a lot of good stuff from a lot of the programs across the country, and I think it'll just continue to grow uh, as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, we're getting over the 120 threshold now moving forward uh, next season. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a lot of teams that are pushing Wartburg and Augsburg, and uh, I think teams will continue to do that. Um, they're still obviously the cream of the crop and what teams are trying to um, – tra- teams are trying to beat. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. Wabash was – what? Wabash was a half point away last year from it, huh? Uh, yeah, a point, I believe. Um, but uh, – and they but finished yeah, – Wabash finished 10th this year with uh, their national champ. Did they have any All-Americans in? Wabash? I yeah, I believe their 84-pounder got back on um, the podium as well. He's a okay. multiple-time All-American. So a little, bit of a, rebuild, a little bit of a rebuild year for them, and they're still top 10 in the country, so that's a pretty good rebuild year. Yeah, well, going into we kind of knew that. They graduated a lot. They're yeah, that, that, was a good, that was a really good class last year. Really yeah. good class. But um, yeah, cool. I mean, we'll we'll continue to bring uh, insight and interviews now here in the off season. But should be a great 2023-24 season. Preparation has already started, um, and uh, be on the lookout for some interviews coming up. Yeah, and then the the road to is it in Rhode Island next year? No, lacrosse next year. Lacrosse then Rhode Island. Okay. Yep. To end this cycle, it is lacrosse next year, and then you have back on the East Coast, Providence um in 2025 that'll be cool i don't think yeah i can't remember the last time i was there so that's cool yep yeah it should be should be good i felt like from the opening round uh you guys kind of like set the tone i mean there was like a ton i mean ton of bonus point wins for you guys um and that kind of set the tone for the weekend yeah, for sure. That opening round was was huge for us. 
Um, you know, every guy uh, had a bonus point win in that round, except for Sam Stahl. Sam Stahl was our only guy on the weekend who didn't score any bonus points, but turns out he had a pretty good tournament being unseated and winning a national championship. Um, but yeah, that, that opening round was big for us. And, you know, that's what we kind of preach all year long is keep scoring points, keep wrestling your match. And so it was just good for, you know, I think it built confidence for the rest of the tournament when we were able to go out and do that right away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think team wise too, like it definitely helped like, um, you know, you know, the field really taking it to like Warburg, you know, that first round, I mean, they, they had a couple of big guys, uh, you know, some heavy hitters get upset, which obviously helped you guys. And then you kind of just kind of rolled with it. Um, that 141 bracket kind of, kind of got blown up a little bit. Um, and obviously your guy, Sam Stuhl unseated, uh, kind of, came away with it. So it is funny though. He had no bonus point wins, but he got plenty of points taking home goals. For sure. For sure. You know, and he scored a bunch of first period points. He scored his fair share in near fall. You know, I think just after that, he, he wrestled pretty cautious because he had a lead, which uh, when, when you're able to build that, that's, that's a good strategy. We've been giving him a little grief though, that Tyler Kim actually outscored him getting third place. Um, Cause Tyler Kim had three pins in a major. So and we've been giving him a little bit of grief about that. That's funny. Um, and uh, for the listeners that don't know, the 49 and 41, are they brothers or what's the family relations there? Yep, they're brothers. So Sam, the 41, is the older brother of Charlie. So Charlie's the, the younger brother. And it's funny, it's it's the opposite of what you'd think. Charlie is definitely the one. Sam's forgetting his ID badge at Nationals for weigh-ins and needs his gear and bag is all over the place. And Charlie's kind of in charge of Sam, so it's funny that way. Oh, that is pretty funny. So um, do, both have, do both have eligibility left? Uh, like, where are they at with that? Yeah, so the only guy on our roster um, for, of, the, of the 10 regional entrants that's out of eligibility is Tyler Shilson. So Tyler Shilson's graduating um, and will be moving on. Um, But the rest of the guys all have the option to come back. Sam is planning on coming back. Charlie's Charlie would be a, he's a junior. He's technically a COVID sophomore, if you want to call it that. So he's actually got a couple of years left. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So a lot of firepower returning for you guys, but before we talk more of like, we can talk more about Shilson obviously here towards the end, but getting back to, um, just as a whole competing, um, you know, the last time you guys were kind of in the spotlight, obviously that battle, the Bergs duel, and that, that did not go your way. Um, what would you, would you as a team take away from, from that dual meet, which is obviously a very high level dual meet, um, hostile environment. It was at Warburg this year. And then moving forward to what you guys did towards the end of the year, what, what kind of, um, you know, I guess soul searching did you do after that dual meet? Yeah, we learned so much from that, you know, it, it, uh, Obviously, we want to get that result turned around, but we do know it's big for our program. Facing that adversity is something that makes you ready for those tough times at the national tournament. I think probably the biggest thing we learned that day is how to control our pace. You know, we pride ourselves on being in good shape and going out and scoring points. Um, But sometimes in the big moments, guys go out and go at a crazy pace that isn't sustainable. Um, you know, Seth Getzinger, probably the prime example in that Warburg duel for us. He threw the kitchen sink at Zane Mulder um, and the wheels came off for us at the end of the first period. And and as the year went along, that was our main focal point. How do we wrestle and let you fly yet at the same time, um, you know, wrestle within a game plan that you're going to be able to sustain for a whole match? And so I think those were some of the fine tuning things that we that we really worked on from the national tournament or from the battle of the birds to the national tournament across the board, you know, Cooper Willis, it's crazy how much better Cooper Willis got in that last month, you know, a true freshman for us. Um, so I think probably your pace, your match strategy more than your technique and kind of what things you're going to do. Those are kind of the first half of the year. And then we start working on that match strategy and that final home stretch. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you guys definitely wrestle a battle tested schedule us with national duels and, um, you know, just in the area that you guys are at, uh, it's very impressive. I mean, your regional, uh, had the most all Americans this year. Um, obviously Wisconsin lacrosse had a great team. I know you saw them a bunch this year. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess speak a little bit t- to your strength of schedule and where you guys are located and how that also helps prepare you for what you do in March. Yeah, we, we pride ourselves definitely on wrestling a tough schedule and we're fortunate to have, you know, all the powers that we do around us. 
you know, we had a tough, tough opening duel to start the year with UW Eau Claire, who obviously has a really solid team as well. Um, you know, we wrestled Loris, we wrestled lacrosse, we went to national duels. Obviously we had the battle of the birds. Um, so, you know, we see a little, uh, really tough competition throughout the year. Um, and I think that it is a big part of helping prepare us. You know, the citrus, we get to see NYU and Castleton and Ferrum and some of the top teams out at the citrus as well. Um, so I think we're, we just believe that we're made for multi-match days. You know, the, that's something that we're preaching that we like those, the deeper in the tournament we go, the better we're going to wrestle. And so I think that gives us confidence at an individual tournament, especially or a multi-match day. Um, that we're going to be more prepared for it because of the schedule that we wrestle throughout the year. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, 100% very, very important. I think all the top teams across the country would agree with that sentiment and why, you know, that, you know, get getting to see everybody is so very important. Having that crossover in D3 can be tough sometimes, but but seeing all those teams is, is really important. So, you know, kind of going um, back into it, and, and my brother and I kind of joked about, uh, and I even texted you this too, like, you know, making Roto you guys this home home event <laughs> arena because 2019. Um, uh, I I mean, on paper was obviously uh maybe one of the best D three performances ever. I mean, you had four national champs that year. I'm not. How many did you guys have on the podium that year in 2019? Yeah, so seven seven All Americans and and four national champs that year. Yeah, so you so you equal the number this year. Um, just the one national champ, two in the finals. But uh, yeah, I mean, something about that Virginia water brings out the best in the Augies. Yeah, hundred percent. We we joke. So whatever. We're unofficially we're the Augie dogs. It's kind of what our our crew is talks about and it's the home of the dogs in the Berglund center they got it up on the scoreboard and that must be their their hockey team's name um so we've definitely had some magic uh out in roanoke well the three times since i've been at augsburg that we've been on the east coast were hershey roanoke and roanoke and we uh we won all three of those so i feel like something about getting on an airplane and heading to the east coast has been good for us there you go. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, both times around a pretty dominant fashion there. Um, obviously going into the weekend, uh, I think the team race kind of played out with the, you know, the way like the top five teams kind of shaked out, but I don't think anyone kind of thought you'd run away with the way you did. Um, you know, going into it, the you guys tie with ball walls for the most qualifiers, did you think um, it was going to be a little tighter uh, to get that first place, uh, especially how the bracket shaked out? Like, what, what was your mindset going into it? Yeah, it was interesting. This was the second year in a row where our highest seed was a four seed, which probably is, hasn't happened since we started winning national championships back in the 90s, right? Um, but we knew that because of that battle tested schedule we had and we kind of had a we kind of came out flat in that final rounds of the regionals you know if we'd have won some of those region championships all of a sudden we could even been the one seed at a couple of those weights um, but we didn't have a great round in the finals and so we dropped a little bit uh, but we knew we knew what we had we knew we had eight point scores um, that were you know had the potential to be on the podium obviously we believed we could have guys have performances like Sam Stahl did this weekend. Um, and so I, I think we were confident at the same time, we didn't worry too much about what everybody else was doing. It wasn't one of those years where we felt like we needed a ton of help. We felt like a hundred points would get it done. That's what, you know, I kind of talk about with coach Molsov hundred points is going to get it done a hundred points. And, you know, so we ended up finishing, I think with 101, I think I actually lost a team point when I threw a challenge brook in Tyler Shilson's match and took it back. But, um, so I think we finished with 101. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, then kind of after that, I mean, you're not wrong either. Cause looking at the 2022 scores, I think 79 team points ended up winning it or something like that. So, um, when you get close to that hundred kind of threshold, it's definitely, you're definitely in a good spot. Um, well, and I think where, that's showing up. I think that's showing a little bit of, um, you know, the parody that is happening in division three wrestling. You know, there's a lot of programs doing a great job. You know, I think that 79 was, I think only the only score under a hundred in the last 20 years or something was last year. Um, but I think it, the, the scores are continuing to even out because a lot of programs like Baldwin Wallace and you guys and Johnson and Wales and North central and lacrosse and 
Eau Claire, you know, et cetera, are, are doing a really nice job. And so I think that's part of why, you know, Augsburg and Wartburg obviously are still looking to do our thing, but a lot of teams are, are making that a lot more even. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. We talked about the, that top 10 and that scheme score. I mean, for Wisconsin lacrosse to have 61 points and, and not get a trophy is pretty wild, but I mean, they were like six points away from second place. So it's, it's crazy. Um, and uh, we, we mentioned his name earlier, uh, Tyler Shilson. Um, he, he ended up in a, in a runner-up finish, obviously outstanding uh, career for him. Uh, first time in the, the national finals for you guys. And obviously not the result he wanted to end with. But, you know, what what did he bring to the table for you guys? Because I know he transferred in um, after a couple of years at Tennessee Chattanooga. What did he bring to the table for you guys? And what are you going to remember most about having him a part of your program? Yeah, Tyler definitely had a, a unique path to Augsburg. So Tyler's dad, Chad, actually wrestled at Augsburg. Um, and so there was a big connection um, as far as that goes. And he wrestled in Minnesota. Um, but Tyler was just the hardest worker on the team. He, he loves wrestling. You know, we got a lot of guys who are passionate about wrestling, but Tyler Shilson, it's his life. And he's going to continue wrestling, whether it's on the freestyle circuit or obviously coaching and helping. We'd love to have him in our room a little bit, too. Um, but it's, it's not all the time that you get somebody that, that is that passionate about just being on the mat, doing wrestling-specific lifts. You know, he's wearing a heart rate monitor at, like, all times. And so I just think the way he lived his life is what stands out so much to me of, you know, the food he was putting in his body, the nutrition, the sleep schedule, you know, he was just so diligent with everything that he did and it rubbed off on the guys around him as well. Um, you know, it, it's just crazy how, when you get your team culture moving in the right direction, um, how contagious it can be. And, and Tyler was such a big piece of that because of how he led by example. Yeah, and um, and he had one of the better rivalries in Division Three. Him and uh, David Hollingsworth um, was that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that semifinal match? Was that was it? Was the series tied at two two, or was it two? Who who? What was the series like career wise for them? Um, so Hollingsworth beat us at the NWCA tournament down in in Iowa, and then Hollingsworth beat us in the duel last year. And this year we beat Hollingsworth in the duel and then we beat him in the, in the semifinals. So I, I think it finished two, two then. Uh Oh, so it sounds like we need to set up a rematch <laughs> to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, the, but no, those that guys, was good those, for them. Yeah. Those guys are great rivals and they, and it was cool hearing them. You know, we talked with Hollingsworth in the stands for a little bit afterwards. He, he seems like a, you know, an awesome kid and similar who just loves to be on the wrestling mat. So those guys certainly have a lot of, respect for one another and it was it was great for Tyler especially the way he dominated in that semifinal match you know if Tyler gets to his bottom leg turk he can score on anybody and he ended up getting it a couple of times so that was pretty cool yeah no it's awesome and yeah just like Shelson Hogsworth definitely unique uh, path to, to Waverly Iowa I mean I think he was a couple time Juco All-American maybe even a Juco champ before getting getting to uh to Wartburg and obviously great career for him um but yeah it was definitely cool to follow follow those guys and every time they they wrestled it was it was a great match um but uh but kind of leaving off here um were there were other other like kind of like uh big highlight moments uh during the weekend you know some individual matches that you know you were pretty pretty excited about for your guys yeah you know i think uh one that stands out to me is is cooper willis as a true freshman you know pretty cool uh, he lost to that Warper kid in the uh, in the dual meet, right? In overtime, it was kind of a disappointing finish for him. Um, and he went out and, and controlled the entire match. And so we actually won. Shilson won against Hollingsworth in the semis, and and Cooper Willis won a big match at the exact same time on the Conci side. So I think those were kind of the big moment where, like, we knew we were in the driver's seat after getting those two big wins. Um, so I think that was cool. Tyler Kim coming back, Bentley Schwanebeck, Osterman coming back. You know, after you lose those semifinal matches, sometimes it's tough to get the motor going and be ready to go in in the Conci semis. And so, super proud of those guys for going out and doing it. You know, Tyler Kim in his two NCAA tournaments has eight wins, six of them by fall and two of them by major decisions. So, pr pretty cool. 
Um, you know, what I thought was interesting is uh, Shilson actually had to wrestle that Deguire um, from Springfield who had the six falls. And we knew that Merkel and some of those things were coming, but those are hard things to prepare for. And so it's pretty, pretty cool that he was able to stay out of those situations because that Deguire obviously had an incredible run to have six falls. I assume. I, I wonder if that's ever happened before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I was looking at those stats. That was it was crazy. He has three moves and he hits them the entire match. So it's like it doesn't matter what the score is. Like he's going to the well every single time. So so yeah, I mean that's definitely that's definitely tough to prepare for. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, he has a headlock, but it's like, yeah, you don't know how good the headlock is until you're on the mat. For sure. For sure. The the Stahl brothers both, you know, having such an amazing weekend. You know, Charlie actually um, broke or had a fracture in his hand uh, in his match against Warburg in the Battle of the Bergs. And so he had a bunch of time off before the regional, basically. So for him to be able to get on the podium, he, you know, he's our probably our biggest leader. He does everything right, Charlie Stahl. So it's cool to, to see that moment for him. Seth Getzinger is one. He's one of nine or ten kids. I get it mixed up whether he's got uh, nine brothers and siblings or whether he's one of nine. And so for him to to go out and, and be an NCAA All American and get up, you know, at our after social, we have the guys get up with the trophy and just say a few thank yous. And he's a man of few words, so it's just so fun when we put those guys in some of those situations. So there were a lot of great moments. Yeah, that's that's awesome stuff, and uh, you know. Uh, I think it was this past summer we had you on the show. We did like an interview with you and, you know, you talked about your team goals of winning a national title, being the best team uh, academically as well, which is, which is admirable for sure. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel like going into, you know, the academic stands where you guys stand this year? Yeah, we, we had a good year. We weren't quite as strong as an academic national team GPA as a year ago. They did change up the rules a little bit. Um, so I think a year ago it was like six starters and four alternates, and now it's all 10 starters plus two guys. Um, we're we're going to have a really good GPA, but what I think is really amazing, um, I think we are, ended up finishing with 17 Scholar All-Americans, which I'm pretty sure will be the most ever in a single season. Um, so a, a ton of guys getting to that two-thirds win threshold and that GPA that weren't in the starting lineup. And two-thirds wins with the schedule we wrestle is no joke. So we've got some awesome depth and are excited about, you know, the guys coming in. Uh, Tyler Shilson graduates, but Blake J. Gazinski, uh, who hasn't lost since December 4th, was our backup 57-pounder. He had wins over the 7 and 8 seed in the bracket, and then he had a win over the guy who ended up getting seventh place at Nationals. So we've got some really, really strong individuals um uh that are that are looking to make their mark a year from now as well yeah that's awesome uh just just great stuff to hear and that's how that's how you build championship teams having that depth and iron sharpens iron um you know you know kind of moving forward now kind of looking into next season as we already talked about how much you return and, and the guys behind them that you return uh i'm sure you, you guys are focused on trying to do the same thing next year yeah, you know, I, I still think what's funny is we've got a lot to get better at yet. You know, I, I, we definitely haven't tapped out the guys who, who are wrestling. So I think that's what's exciting. We felt the same way at National Duels. You know, our kind of our theme has been we're just getting started. And I, I still believe that, you know, I'm excited to be close to home for Nationals. Lacrosse is only a couple hours from Augsburg. Um, so I think we'll have a a big, big fan base a year from now and excited to get back to work. we got some good incoming recruits that we're excited to get into our room. And it's just kind of never ending as far as that goes. That's how my mind works. I'm already ready to just get started working for next year.